Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello again and welcome to Crime and Music. I'm your host, Brian J. Kinsley, and with me as always, my friend Ben Rupp. Uh, sounds like I'm going to get into a boxing ring. <laughs> that was kind of my, my Bruce Buffer-inspired <laughs> intro. <laughs> no, right? Every other Wednesday, this man and I bring you a true crime podcast about people in and around the music business. We cover things like murder mystery, crime history, music history, and more. If you like that sort of thing, share with a friend. We're trying to get... What did we go for? We went for Nebraska. No. no we went for Wyoming, Wyoming. last week. Let's so. do Nebraska. Oh, yeah, let's or go to Nebraska. Wanna, yeah, start keeping the uh, heartland there. The bread basket. Yeah, no, continental. Continental. Uh, so if you like that sort of thing, share with your friends in Nebraska. Please, Nebraska, we need one. Hit us up on the social medias. Find us on the interwebs, www.crimeandmusic.com. Leave a speak pipe. Those are fun. It's a little voicemail message you can leave to us right on the internet, right from your device. It doesn't like Google, and I get that, but, man, you Android users, find some other things and, and go to SpeakPipe and hit us up. Hey, yeah, uh, I've done the SpeakPipe. It's not that hard. It's not that hard. It's fun. No, SpeakPipe's fun, man. I, I wonder if people would be a little scared to do that because then they're worried about their voice being on the radio. Let me tell you, it's going to be. <laughs> we will play any messages we get on SpeakPipe, so yeah. be assured. Um, here's another thing, too. If you've got some, if you're creative and you've got some songs or some type of uh, bumper music you want to send to us, send it to crimeandmusic at gmail.com and, and we'll put it in between like with our commercials and stuff so uh yeah not that you're gonna listen to a ton of commercials but you know like the breaks and things and we'd so. give them credit too right oh absolutely yeah, I'd shout, shout out, out yeah. for sure let people hit, hit up your creative works this stuff's fun so uh. all right we're back again for another round are you ready to go yeah i'm ready to go right. <laughs> however you want to do it <laughs> it's good you were so ready <laughs> Oh, all right. <clears throat> hey, we are uh, uh, back again this time with another podcast, so let's get right into it. <laughs> we're recording? Guess the guest, my friend. <laughs> we're, we're just right into it. <laughs> Nuts to that. All right, just to, I'm going to clue everybody in. I'm sorry, man. I'm, I want to be honest with our, our, our listeners yeah, out there. it's important. <laughs> we did. We just got so excited. I had a phone call. I was, Brian's like, are you ready? I'm like, yeah, I'm ready. I'm giving like the cut sign. Doing and we listen to slash, it. Cut, and I, and I have a feeling we're not going to edit this together. It's going to feel real real to everybody. This is roar. Yeah, we just. Rawr. I thought my. I thought the kid's school was calling. I was like, no. I got to pick up a sick kid. Take care of your kids. It's, it's, no, take care no, of your kids, kids everybody. It was the vet. I had to take care of my dog. Take care of your dogs, oh everybody. My, yeah, dog. Dog is. Oh, you know, you got two very nice dogs. Yeah. You take very good care of your dogs. Yeah, it's a lot of work. Are you one of these people that takes them to the vet when you're supposed to and stuff? Almost. Yeah, I mean, it's hard. <laughs> Almost, it's very, very yeah. hard. Yeah. But we just did the whole entire surgery thing with the dog for the the. It's lady, a puppy. The ben spade. got a puppy. Got a puppy. Ben it's a hound dog. Hound dog. English, I'm a hound dog. Oh, English oh, 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 foxhound. Mutt. So a mutt. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. So we had a, actually when we got her, it was a, the rescue. And nice. Her, rescue her name's dog. Berkeley. We got her in Berkeley. Very nice little dog. She's Sweet. learning a lot. She's pretty 
fun, energetic, friendly dog. And here's the dog part of the podcast. And and uh, the dog, of course we're going to be good dog, dog owners, and we expect to get her, you know, fixed, spay. She's uh, get her lady parts taken out. So we just did that, and that's who was calling the vet. We have a, a follow up appointment tomorrow. It was a week ago Friday. We got her fixed. She's doing great. Can't keep her. Our, she wants to run and play. You can't they, they rip the stitches open. Got to keep them yeah. relaxed and down. So yeah, new member of the family, and um, it's my wife's dog. It's all of our dog, but boy. you're gonna take care of the dog most I of the time. <laughs> I'm the one that's the I'm the scary person in the house. I'm the, the dad. You will girl. be the favorite of the dog too. No, I won't. No, no. Everybody else is the favorite. I'm the one that has to lay down the law. Oh, you're that part. Yeah, it's the oh, same with okay. the kids. I don't think the kids even like me that well, much. Well, the dog will eventually respect you, so it'll <laughs> Good, be your that's favorite what they want. Dog. dog respect. Yeah. Mad dog respect. All important. right, on to the new part of the. So that we it felt like a little disjointed, here, didn't <laughs> it? All right, we. People right now are just like, are these people even recording? Do they know that the, they're the talking? The mics are on. on. I don't. Yeah. <laughs> right. I, I can see right. the mics are on. All right. This is a true crime podcast. True crime podcast. True crime it's about podcast. people in and around the music business. And we're just going to go right to the stage. Guess guess the guest, Ben. I get to guess the guest. Yeah. We're going to try to have you guess the guest. No. I didn't. Did I do? I, I did get not last get episodes. last episodes. No. Did I not? No, because I wouldn't have been able to get. I didn't know his name. I don't. I think you you're like one for four at this point. Well, I'm like, counting. I guess Keith Moon. I you feel did not. Like, you no, were like, I said, I, I wrong, said Keith Moon. I, I said the Moon. wrong name, but I Keith it was in my heart. I wanted to say that guy's and name. And I even got to JB, and you said Justin Timberlake, and so I felt like I should have got Snow. It wasn't Snob. No, uh, Snob. Snob. Let's try. Let's try. These are getting. These are. They're uh, getting better. I'm telling right. you. All right. Um. <laughs> I love when I just lead with his name. Ra- ra- radio for one? No. Go ahead. Yeah, all right. Um, <laughs> King of the 12 strings. All right, I'm going to automatically assume we're in a country genre. Well, uh, all right. Oh, no, King. One. King. I got it. It's a guy. King of the 12 Probably strings. Probably 12 strings. All right. All right, next one. His name is Hoodie Ledbetter. Hoodie Ledbetter. All right, no, wow, that's a weird name. Some people might say he has an iron stomach. Ah, uh, people are screaming into their earpods. I, I know, I, irons. I feel like I'm on the spot here. I don't think this is. <laughs> it's not casual enough for me to know things. I like it though. Right. Um, King of the Twelve Strings, Hoodie Ledbetter has an iron stomach. I, I don't know. Are you familiar with the musician Lead Belly? Oh, okay. that 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 went through my head. No, but, I mean I've heard the word. <laughs> I've heard, heard the, the word. Lead Belly. I've heard Lead Belly. Lead Belly. Yes. Right. Lead Belly. Uh, Hoodie. Hoodie right. Leadbetter. I'm just letting the, the this music play out. It's so close to the end. <laughs> That's what she said. Um, <laughs> and we're finished. That's what I said. Hoodie led better. That sh- I, I should get until the end of the song to try to guess. We should do, okay, that, that's how long this whole takes. <laughs> we promise we'll never go further than the song like I'll we're get. doing now. All right. right. Uh, no. Okay. Hoodie led better. January 20th. You got a fat 18... stack of cards there, Brian. He's a very important musician, Ben. We'll, we'll, we'll get there. All right. January 20th, 1888. Born Hoodie William Ledbetter on Jeter Plantation near Mooringsport, Louisiana. It, when? 1888. Oh, wow. Yeah, buddy. You know what that means. We got we, treats. Oh, we got some tasty treats. We got some tasty treats. All right. We can, so. we can it's, it's, it's a public domain now. It is public domain. All right. So, uh, 
<clears throat> Damn it. And you know what? When I listen to these, I say so uh a lot. I I don't think I say uh. I say so uh. So Because that's uh. how that gets me back into a car and I go, well, so uh this guy. That's like Brian's nice way to say, shut up then. Yeah, basically. <laughs> uh, oh wow, I never thought about it. Passive aggressive. Here we go. <laughs> uh, hoodie William Ledbetter, born to parents Sally Brown and Wesley Ledbetter. His birthday. Okay. <laughs> See, right off the jump here, I can tell you it's awkward because his birthday in the 1900 U.S. Census is listed as uh, Hoodie is 12 years old, born in 1888. But then in 1940 census, his wife lists his age at 51, which means he was born in 1889. But then when he registered for the draft in 1942, he lists his age as January 23rd, 1888, which is three days off in a different year, and his birthplace as Freeport, Louisiana. All right, so they didn't keep the best records <laughs> right, or memory. Right off the get, we, uh, who knows? So. He was born before 1900. Well, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 1888. And when did he register for the draft? 1942. So he was like 50 years old? This dude lived through World War One, the Great Depression, World War Two. <laughs> what a time to be alive. <laughs> and people think it's terrible today. And oh, I'm not having kids. It's the worst time ever. <laughs> I, I bet Hoodie Ledbetter would uh, disagree. <laughs> he was a minority in Texas. <laughs> okay. It's still not. <clears throat> we'll get there. All right. So right off, uh, besides his age, his name, uh, Hootie, H-U-D-D-I-E, and some were calling him Hootie, and some were calling him Hugh-D, but Ledbetter himself says it, which we'll get to. Uh, oh, we'll get there later. And the, he says the thing, his name is Hootie, like Hootie, like Hootie and the Blowfish, but Hootie. not a T, like a right. D, like Hootie. Like, like Stewie saying, whip. Whip. Hoodie. Hoodie. Ledbetter. Hoodie. I have no Stewie at all. Yes. I don't, I don't have anything. I'm, you're the, you, you make the voices. Let's do this, fat man. No, see, that's nothing. That's not right. just like some old English dude. Hmm. Cherry out. You see? Or, uh, um, yeah. I okay. still hope we didn't lose too many. English listeners with the Keith Moon podcast. Oh no, they love this stuff. They're they got a great sense of humor. They are very funny people. Yeah. All right. You might not get it, but they're funny. Other funny people, the people of Mooringsport, Louisiana. That's a city <laughs> located in western Cato Parish on the south shore of Lake Cadu. Cadu. Lake Cadu. Lake Cado. Lake Cado. C A D D O. It is. It's Lake Cadu. It's a lake between Texas and Louisiana border. Okay. It, it's named after the Native Americans called the Cadoians who lived there. I'm yeah. sure the French named them. Well, they got expelled in the 19th century. You want me to go down the world of the Cadoians? <laughs> no, I'm good. I knew you would ask. All right. As of 2010, uh, Mooringsport had a population of 793. Now, see here. When 793 I f- people? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> so when I first wrote the card, like, uh, I had a statistic from 2000 where they had a population of 833. So somewhere they lost 40 people just took off. They're like, we're out of here. I, I wonder if anybody lives there today. So Ghost well, town. Yeah, maybe. Uh, as of 2016, the estimate, there are 778 people there. So they lost from 93 to 78. <laughs> all right. <laughs> um all my other numbers are crossed out because they're all wrong. So, <laughs> residing in the town, 80% white people, Caucasians, 17.77% African American, uh, 0.36% Native American, supposedly Hoodie's mom was half Native American, and uh, 1.32% from two or more races. All right. So, it's a, it's a small place. It's a small town right. in Louisiana. 
So total population, um, there is 28.3% under the age of 18, and the median income for a household is $32,177. So we've had uh, this hoodie. Hoodie who, 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 Ledbetter. Who yeah. Hoodie Ledbetter. Um, and we've also had uh, Lil Wayne yes. from Louisiana. Oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah. Lil Wayne is another Louisianan. <clears throat> so you want to know what's weird? Every time, and I notice this not just on our podcast, but right. for like talking to people out in the world. When I talk about Louisiana, I am hu- I get hungry. <laughs> they have so much good food. I love their food. I've never been. I want the wife and I want to go to New Orleans or someplace and New check Orleans. out Louisiana. Yeah, yeah, no, they got like some food you just don't get up here. You can't get fresh crawdad up in Michigan. It's true. Not without ordering thirty eight pounds of it express <laughs> mail. I've looked into this. And I'd love that you can get frozen crawfish, which are okay. It's not the same. The shrimp they do down there is really good. A lot of the different seafood, even after the BP oil spill, is so phenomenal. And the <laughs> way they cook it is simple, traditional, and 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 it's it's there's no rules, just right. But that that you should do an ad for Louisiana. <laughs> no, I think great. I just did. And <laughs> this segment is brought to you by <laughs> Louisiana. Louisiana. No, I I do. I get hungry talking about Louisiana. Well, all right. All right. I got, I got nothing off that. It makes me hungry as well. I, I, I agree to you. So. And Brian won't let me have snacks. So You didn't bring crunchy snacks. That's I, There's a box of Rolos right there. I'm not eating any of them. Did you want some? No. That's not crunchy. Rolos are not crunchy. I still feel chewy. Not a sponsor. All right. <laughs> Notable people from Mooringsport, uh, Mayor of Shreveport, Sam Cadwell, and Texas author and investigative journalist and state senator, Bill P. Keith. Oh, Bill P. Keith. Yeah, Bill P. Keith. Oh, Bill P. There you go. Bill, Bill P. P. Uh, <laughs> Hoodie's childhood. Hoodie, uh, he was the younger of two children, Wikipedia says, or five children. And at one point, he was an only child. <laughs> <laughs> the records they kept on. God, ago. dude. It's so frustrating. I like, cross it out, right back. His parents cohabitated for years, but finally got legally married on February 26, 1888. Hoodie was one month old, maybe. <laughs> so, okay well it was a good paint a pretty good picture of this guy's early existence yeah yeah so when he was five years old 1893 maybe the family moved to bowie county texas now when i first read this i sort of imagined a different bowie in my head they were golden like ch change <laughs> right years. and i was like that sounds like a sweet town man but it was actually named after the guy with the knife mr right. bowie Ro- Jim, 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 Jim Briggard Bowie, Jim Bowie. Jim, that was yeah. Jim, Jim Bowie. And Bowie who's County. a real person back Bowie in County the day Kansas. of like Daniel Boone. Correct. I think I'm counting the on Alamo. you for this Western, Western thing. Yeah, they were all in the Alamo together. They that slept movie, there. The Alamo. They, they slept <laughs> they, there. They stayed a little while. <laughs> right, the Alamo. They were evicted quickly. <laughs> <laughs> well, the, the coonskin hats were just. Yeah, they know. The, no fur. The, the Mexicans did not take no shine to them. No so, fur. Okay, David Bowie, real quick. <laughs> there, There's a, a Mick Jagger, David Bowie song. They do it together. It's wow, very wow, popular. Wow. No, it's it, it's a, it was done in, I think, the early 80s. Okay, and there's a video of it, Dancing in the Streets. Dancing, dancing in, yeah, in the streets. Yeah, I think they did it Be together. David Bowie and Mick Jagger. Okay. And someone brilliantly took it, the video, <laughs> and took all the audio out and added their own words and audio into it. Nice. I, it's it's replayable. It's that good. Like you can watch it once, and you're like, I'll watch that again. That's it's funny. hilarious. Yeah, they they dub all the noises and sounds in. The, there's no real music, and it's nothing from David Bowie or Mick Jagger. 
other than the video and the and the and the and you know of them dancing around in the streets. <laughs> right. Dancing in the streets. It's uh, okay. All right. So this guy. Yeah. No, that's which I you know whatever recency effect. I was thinking David Bowie instead of Dan whatever whatever whoever Bowie you said. Yeah. The knife guy. The knife guy. The knife guy. The Bowie knife guy. The knife guy. <clears throat> boy, All right. boy, am I getting sick of this. <laughs> <laughs> he receives his first instrument from his Uncle Terrell, an accordion. Oh, okay. You know, an accordion. Well, yeah, they, um, they the did a lot of accordion down there. The accordion. I mean, they still do. The squeeze box. Yeah. The stomach's Steinway. The stomach's Steinway. Never heard that one. Right. Well, that's all I got because the next one was, and it says the, and then blank. I was like, I got nothing for accordion. Yeah, all the Creole bands play a lot of accordions, and they play the washboards. You didn't want to know what Urban Dictionary said accordion was. (laughs) (laughs) All right, there's your homework, folks. Go out and look at an Urban Dictionary, our second most cited piece of information we find, and find out what an accordion is. (laughs) And then uh, Uncle Terrell also teaches uh, Hootie the... Some basic guitar, so like, okay. like the windmill, like finger tapping, you know, power chords. I thought the Who invented power chords. No, they did. I was joking. Oh. And that's a callback to the Who in the Keith Moon episode. So do I'm, that. Yeah, I'm still not sure about that. <laughs> Hootie attended school. Somebody had to come up with power chords before, before that, right? That. <laughs> You're thinking like, like they think about that. it. Like, come on, man. <laughs> it's whatever. Power, whatever. Right. Anyway. So, uh, Hootie attended school in Texas until around age 13. He played in the school band, and he focused on music a lot. Like, you know, he, he would play. He would be the guy to play at local dances and parties and stuff, and these things called suki jumps. Suki. Suki jumps. That might be a Louisiana thing. Okay. I don't know. But that he was the entertainment man. So, age 15, 16, who knows? <laughs> Maybe. We'll call it 1903. Uh, Hootie built a pretty good reputation as a music... Oh God! Here we go. Musicianer. Well, mu- musicianer. Musicianer. We're drunk? gonna go. With, no, I. It's just because it's not like. <laughs> it's not like engineer. It's because it's one e. It's musicianer. You can't read your own writing. No, I can totally read. It's just musicianer. You got nice writing. Yeah, I write like an engineer, all capital letters and small. So it's musicianer. So he made he made a pretty good rep as a musicianer, and uh, he was performing in St. Paul's Bottom. (laughs) It's a notorious red light district. (laughs) I bet it is. (laughs) Shreveport. His mother was not happy about it. She's like, dude, she didn't want her 15-year-old hanging out like saloons and brothels and dance halls down there on Fannin Street. People of Louisiana are like, woo, Fannin Street. It's a famous street All with right. saloons and brothels. No, I can imagine. And, no, yeah. So. I, yeah. 15 then, though, I it's feel like that, that's the 18, 19 of today. 1903, I mean. Right, they didn't live that long. He's probably That's middle age. To live, yeah. It's true. Yeah. We'll get there. Uh, 1908. Mary, uh, Hootie marries 15-year-old Althea. She likes to be called Elfie, which was awkward because it's L-E-T-H-E. And I'm like, how am I supposed to say it? And then I was like, oh, Elfie. All right. I like that. Yeah, he marries Althea. 15-year-old Elfie Anderson. And he's he's how old at this time? Uh, 1908. He would have been <laughs> 20 or 21. Oh. <laughs> or 20 or 19. Again, different era, I guess. <laughs> I, I guess. I suppose, right? 15. So in the 1910 census, uh, list Hoodie and Elfie as living next door to his parents. All right. Keeping it simple. Only a couple people live in this town, apparently. Well, right? I mean, 
Uh, Hoodie started taking the show on the road, though, going farther from home base and, uh, like, outside of the red light district and stuff, Shreveport. Uh, it went across the street. Yeah, right. Well, he wasn't a faithful husband on the road. He bragged that he made it with uh, eight to ten women a night. Oh, bullshit. See, that sounds like a lot of work to me, too. Bullshit. I was like, dude, that's a lot. And then... What teenage guy doesn't be like, dude, I totally was like banging eight cent. They're Canadian, though. You don't know them. <laughs> like, that was, we're from Michigan, so it's like, oh, I got a Canadian girlfriend. Like, she's super hot, dude. Does all sorts of weird things to me, but you, uh, no, you no, never meet her. No, she's kind of European style. Yeah, you know? she doesn't like to go across the border. So, not that border, but you know what I mean. Like the border. So, yeah, so that's what he was saying about eight that. to ten a night. That's a lot of work, dude. I'm just um, saying. Call him bullshit. That's right. Go ahead. Whatever. That's his story. Oh, you can tell it any way you want. Never muscles. let the truth get in the good way of a story. <laughs> yeah, right. So somewhere around 1912, uh, he, he wanders around Dallas with blues singer Blind Lemon Jefferson. No. no, no, these people are a hundred and some odd. Uh, I know, ago. but these guys are like really influential. I've heard like, of Lead Belly. Okay, well, well, I mean, I've heard so of that. I didn't right. know he was this old. Right. Well, anyway, we'll we'll get there. Yeah. So, uh, blind melon, ah, blind melon. That's what I wrote, and then I crossed it out. I was like, it's <laughs> blind lemon, you moron. Did you write you moron? I no, it's just in my head, like the other voices. So, <laughs> anyway, no, uh, blind lemon moron. Jefferson is the father of the Texas blues. He died at thirty six. So, oh, the two chord blues. Right. Uh, blind from birth, he's good a guitar player. He had a high voice, so it was really hard to imitate him. But he sold like a million dollars in records, like a million records. I'm sorry, he sold a million records in the 1920s. Wow. Well, that's I mean, a, so I feel he like was that's a lot. very popular. Big numbers were way bigger back then. Right. Yeah. So Hoodie and him are wandering around Dallas around 1912 or so, like just jamming out, playing the local shows and gigs and stuff like that. And back then it was probably just a little ranch town. Yeah. Dallas. Well, Dallas, right? So Lemon takes Hoodie out to hear some local Mexican musicians, right? Oh, dude. And that's when he sees her. It's big and curvy and loud. The 12-string guitar. Oh, I thought you were talking about Fiona. <laughs> Elfie. And no. Uh, Hootie buys an L- uh, a 12-string guitar right there, man. He never goes back to a, a skinny six-string ever again. He's he's on the, the fat neck. It, it, well, okay, so it's if you don't play guitar. If you don't. If you don't. This is you. Or No, well, I don't really play guitar. I have a guitar. You play more guitar than I do. Well, no, but I, I, I think if you hear a six-string guitar, that's what a typical, normal, every right. guitar has six. You're like... Oh, 12-string guitar. That's twice as hard to play. Yeah, the strings not... are really close to each other, yeah, right? Yeah, so when you're 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 fingering the strings, <laughs> you, you don't even, if you know how to play the 6-string, you can pretty easily trans, transfer that knowledge over to the 12-string. But it has a much more full sort of sound. A melodic, yeah. And um, so our friend... Melodic, I like Matt, um, <clears throat> we can't say his last name, apparently. I'm going to start... We have that. said his last name. It's kidding. been on the podcast. <laughs> Edit it out. Our friend Matt. Until there's a he legal bought, disclaimer. He bought a 12-string back in uh, back in the day of the band. It always sounds And good. then he sold it. I think he, yeah, he, I thought it sounded good. I remember trying to play it. I'm like, it's really not that different. I don't think a lot of people play them today. I think no, it's, it's no. not in pop uh, fashion, I guess. Not, no. Not popular. So this this guy, this um, I, I feel like you're leading us to telling us that this is what he does. The 12-string. He, it, the king of the twelve string, was king his nickname, dude. String. All right, I have a feeling he might play it for more than a week. We'll get there. All right. Nineteen fifteen, Hootie gets into a bar brawl, fighting going on. 
And uh, Hoodie pulls a pistol. A pistol. A pistola. A pistola. What do you What do you do with your pistol? When you pull it out? Yeah. Well, honestly, if you have enough, <laughs> if if okay, if you're in a situation where you got to pull a gun, you're in a bar brawl. You're in a situation where you oh, yeah. you use a gun. Pull your gun out. If somebody hits him in the head with a crowbar, I'm out. <laughs> I don't know where these fucking tools are coming from. I would love that. But what do you do? When somebody pulls a pistol on me yeah. or when I pull a pistol on No, when on you somebody? pull a pistol on somebody. You shoot them. No. You pistol whip people. Oh. Yeah, you like pistol whipping people. That's so, when you just bring a hammer. Uh, he gets him in the head with a hammer. He gets arrested for uh, punching a dude in the face and carrying a pistol, and he gets convicted for the pistol, and he's sentenced to hard labor. Uh chain gang in harrison county texas i you know you've always seen the cowboy movies where people get hit in the head with a pistol or the butt oh, of a pistol oh god or they use the their their gun as right. a, like a hammer like a or hammer. something exactly I, I i have a couple guns i don't have a lot of guns i'm not a gun guy but i feel like i would ruin my gun that seems i don't want to like ruin my gun it'll be a lot of like damage to the gun yeah like, gun is a hammer a not a good no. Cool. <laughs> you know what the way that thing's pointing, a hammer. <laughs> the, way, <laughs> the way that thing's pointing, what you're holding on, it's not a, not a good uh, geometry there. But some and of them then, old revolvers and the p- old pistol. It's iron, I guess, they, right? Well, they're they're metal. I mean, they're hit in the face with a big piece of metal. It's gonna he, hurt. <laughs> he, he was whacking people in the face, so he gets uh, right. sent to the chain gang. Um, that, and he was on the chain gang. Chain gangs, and it says, "Do we need to explain these?" Like. <laughs> I mean, seriously, I, I you people haven't talked about chain gangs in a while, right? Like that might be. We have some demographics of the eighteen to twenty-four year olds. What up, yo? And uh, yo, what? That's me being a nerd. So no, I I think a chain gang Same is nerd. there's a couple di- the chain gangs. I think were a lot of times like from everything I've learned from Bugs Bunny films, <laughs> is that there were a bunch of criminals that were all chained together by right. the ankle and correct. Typically, they're just making big rocks into little rocks with hammers. That's correct. Or I think they also, today, the today. equivalent would be you'd see like a prison bus or a sheriff's big bus on the side of the road, and they're all picking up, you know, like cleaning up the side of a, uh, an expressway or something. I think you said that in Mindy McCready. I think you came down and you said, hey, they were cleaning yeah. up the highway. Yeah, there was one. I'll see them every once. So, okay, I, I so there are driving. still chain gangs, well, I Well, they're didn't... not all chained together. It's a mental chain. It's more of a, I got a gun, I'll shoot you if you leave this gang gang. An emotional chain. Okay. <laughs> so an on, uh, your honor, on your honor chain gang. Right. Hootie, uh, he's a musician, right? And uh, he doesn't like waking up early, and he doesn't like breaking rocks. So after a couple months, uh, Hootie escapes, and he goes running when the guard wasn't looking. And the legend has it <clears throat> that Hootie outran the search dogs to escape. I... I'm interested, seriously. I'd like to give it a shot, like on Mythbusters. <laughs> to outrun search dogs? I just want to like try to evade the bloodhound. There is a reality show, or was a reality show, where you could do that. Like you were, you had to escape prisoners, and they had there profilers finding you, and yeah, things like that. Yeah, I would like so, to. I, that'd be fun. Somebody knows could, what that was. Shout us out like on Twitter or Facebook or Instagram or something escape. like that. Something was it like, The Greatest Escape? I don't remember, man. Or was that a Clint Eastwood movie? But that was a Clint Eastwood movie. It's the Birdman. Kaka. Okay. So... <clears throat> What do you do when you run away from the chain gang? Where are they never going to find you? In the swamp. Yeah. Well, he went to his parents' farm. <laughs> Was it in the swamp? No. That's the first place that they're going to go to look for <laughs> you, dude. Them. Hey, what do you write down on his on his uh, uh, emergency contacts? <laughs> his mom. Go, go check there. 
Dude, fun FYI, his parents sold their farm to pay for his legal defense. Oh, <laughs> empty beer that got spilled. Woo. All right. Did you catch that part? No, I was expecting beer to get dumped on my lap. No, I finished a can all so the way this down. So this is a story of the Magi here. He ran to the place that they had to sell <laughs> to pay for his legal defense. And then he, it's a yes, chicken it is, egg man. thing here. Very it's good. A, give it uh, the Magi. His dad tries sending him to New Orleans. Nolens. Nolens. His dad tried sending him. He's like, go to Nolens. we got some family there. They'll take care of you. Hootie didn't like Nolens. So he moved to... The Kelb, Texas, under an assumed name, Walter Boyd. Don't tell anybody. <laughs> Walter Boyd. Yes. Boyd De- Aviation. DeKalb, Texas is in the northeast part of Texas near Arkanas. <laughs> Arkanas. That's a joke. Uh, in DeKalb, Texas, Hootie slash Walter. It's going to get awkward saying that the whole time but here we go <clears throat> we'll, we'll just call him hootie nope hootie slash walter because walter gets convicted of things hootie slash walter worked as a uh, farm laborer all right and he didn't play out a whole lot because he didn't want to draw attention to himself you know and so some relatives were helping him out and he and elthy split up hootie had plenty of other women to keep him company so he says hey there <clears throat> just recently there was a, a story i read about a dude that went on a like a televised game show Okay. Um, I think it was like, um, not a, not. I don't think it was like Wheel of Fortune, one of the big ones that are on every day. It's like more of a daytime game show thing. And um, <clears throat> he was a he was he had a warrant out for his arrest. <laughs> yeah, and he was on TV. And he, he used a fake name, and he won the TV show, whatever oh, it was, like no. upwards or cash or or the two thousand dollar pyramid or right, whatever. Right. And he and he won it, and he's all excited. Woo! Oh, and somebody, no. somebody saw him, called it in. And when he went to go pick up his winnings, guess who's waiting for him? Because <laughs> you don't leave with what you won that day, I don't think, on these game shows. No. So he well, wins the thing. He's all excited. He goes back maybe to his house or wherever. And a week or two later, he's come to get the check or whatever you got to do on a game show to win. And the cops are waiting for him. That's pretty good. You That's guys, just that. It, you guys so got dumb. my boat? So, yeah, <laughs> we got step in here, Mr. Smith. <laughs> there, was, there was a Simpsons episode where they were calling in all the warrants, and rather than go pick everybody up, they said, you want a free boat? And so all the dumb ones showed up, and Homer was like, you guys uh, got my boat? Literally, the, 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 seriously, <laughs> there was a thing where they busted a bunch of, like, mafia people at a wedding, a fake wedding. They had two oh. undercover cops get married. Oh, God. And all the Mob mafia people came in, and they just, like, basically... Got them all in the hall, <laughs> chained the doors, and brought in the <laughs> brought in the cavalry. And you win a lifetime sentence. And you win a lifetime sentence. And you win a lifetime. And there were people sentence. getting arrested just uh, in disbelief. Like this is not happening. No, that no. Am I being punked? <laughs> Ashton? <laughs> Ashton? <laughs> it was in, Dak? Anyone? It was in the Dak Shepard? <laughs> uh, so. Dak's from Michigan, isn't he? I believe he is. Yeah. All right. Walter Boyd, <clears throat> aka Lead, <laughs> aka Lead Belly. Uh, Walter made a reputation for himself in DeKalb. He's known for two things. Hanging with the ladies and fighting. All right. I, <laughs> him and I don't have a lot in common at this point. <laughs> so uh, Walter Hoodie, Walter slash Hoodie, goes traveling with some family, right? Specifically a uh, relative named Will Stafford. Will Stafford. I don't get used to him. <clears throat> Will and Hoodie. Well, Hoodie, well. Walter Hoodie slash Will. All right, I'm just going to call him Hoodie. I can't Just call it. him Hoodie. We all know that that's Hoodie. Hoodie, Hoodie. 
All right. Hoodie gets into a disagreement with Will Stafford. Some reports said Will uh, was Hoodie's cousin's husband. Okay. And he wasn't nice, and he was doing bullshit. The exact word in the article was doing bullshit. Oh, don't want that to happen. (laughs) So Hoodie confronts him and his buddies. For what? For doing bullshit. Okay. With a knife. Oh, bullshit with a knife? And a pistol. (laughs) (laughs) So Hoodie knocks out one of the dudes cold and uh, shot Will Stafford dead. Oh, wow. Yeah. All for bullshit. All for some bullshit from a cousin's husband's wife. Whatever. So uh, June 7th, 1918, uh, Walter Boyd is arrested and charged with homicide. He's convicted and sentenced to 30 years hard labor, and he is imprisoned at the Imperial Farm in Sugarland, Texas. That sounds like a nice place. Well, it's now called the Central Unit. <laughs> the Central Unit. <laughs> I couldn't do it. I tried so hard. The Central. Because the note says, I know some people who should be called the Central Unit. <laughs> oh, my God. I can't do it. <laughs> the Central. I think I got oh, a new geez. stage, a new poor name. <laughs> <laughs> so much for buck naked. I'm oh going to be God. now the central unit. <laughs> oh, God. It's not that funny, it's so, it's so funny to me because you only, you only heard it. I saw it and heard it. I had two different stimuli. Is that still a prison down there? Oh, my God. The central unit. Yes, it's still there. Oh, your, God. The, your central unit's still down <laughs> my there. My central unit in Texas is still available. All right, for all the 14-year-olds, they'll think oh, it, they think this is hilarious. God, right I'm sorry. But Probably. when you we went we went there was a college if you're not from America or Michigan, there's a college called Central Michigan University. So, there were a lot of central units out there. <laughs> I'm sitting across the table from one. <laughs> yes, so am I. Oh god, I'm dying. As Walter Boyd, uh Hoodie served 7 years on the chain gangs. Oh, so he served it under Walter Boyd's name. Right. Okay. So, uh, Hoodie, remember, he didn't like chain gangs, mm-hmm. so he tries to escape from prison, because, uh... Well, he didn't like it. Pretty much the same thing. Oh, God. Uh, he doesn't beat the dogs this time, and he's recaptured, but before he was apprehended, he tried to drown himself in a lake. Oh. He did not want to go back, dude. He did not like the chain gangs. That chain gang was not his thing, dude. All right, well, back in prison, dry, uh, another inmate stabs Hoodie in the neck. And he leaves him with a fearsome scar. And so, like, it goes from, like, his jaw down to, like, his nipple sort of thing. And he wears a bandana to cover up. Okay. So. That's, yeah, rough life in prison. Why, I else, hear. why else would I wear this bandana? Well, so. maybe you're a cripple of blood. Hoodie almost killed the attacker with his own knife. Almost. 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 Didn't. He didn't, though. All right. So, around 1924, just before his death. God, it's so long ago. <laughs> it's not, well, I mean, it is, but it's not. You know what I mean? So, like a hundred years. It's not that long. Well, it feels like it. The Romans were around for like 3,000 years, dude. That's a society. Was it 3,000? I want to say it is. I feel, I feel pretty good about that. I don't think it was 3,000. 300? Maybe closer to 500. That's still five yeah. times what we're talking about. That's a long time, too. All right. Anyway, just before Wes Letter, just before his death, Wes Ledbetter, Hootie's dad, Tried to bribe the prison officials to uh, release his son. I think things like that happened 100 years ago a lot more and probably got away with it, too. Probably. I don't think a lot of prison officials have the ability to do with today's bureaucracy. 
you got to have some higher up than just, I mean. Oh, dude, there's it's way tighter now. Yeah, yeah I and there's different forms of bribery. 1924, now. like, you would literally have a bag with, like, a dollar sign on it. You would <laughs> hand someone, see. <laughs> Possibly like, tied on the end of a bindle. Right, yeah, I love the word bindle. I do. All right. Uh, he's in prison, right? So the name Lead Belly. There's several conflicting stories that fellow inmates tell you about how he got the name Lead Belly. It was a play on his family named Ledbetter. Yeah. And like, yeah. like yeah, his physical toughness. Say. He was like a big, burly kind of dude, mm-hmm. right? Like muscular. Others say he was shot in the stomach with buckshot during a brawl. You know, lead, lead in your belly. You and get then, shot in the stomach with buckshot in a brawl. You got a hole the size of a Frisbee going through you. That's a brawl. Well, he might have been running away. Well, I guess not in your belly. You'd be running at him. Fuck. I mean, buckshot's nasty, nasty stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, well, anyway. And then another theorizes that he had uh, quite a great ability to drink the moonshine. Okay. He really liked his moonshine. Did he get shot? Do you know if he got shot? I didn't. Theory, man. No. All right. It never said. Well. I I feel like it's probably just for his name, but whatever. Lead better. Yeah, lead better than lead belly. Lead better. It's not that big of a jump. Oh, sorry, Michelle. No burping, Michelle. (laughs) Michelle, we're sorry. Sorry, Michelle. Did that rock your car? (laughs) All about that bass. Bass. Um, no, and then there's one more I read too that another one of his musician buddies was like, he felt like it was because a lot of lies. He's like he he spoke as if his belly was laid down ba- weighed down by lead. Uh, mm, all right, anyway. pick pick the one you like the best. <laughs> That's those those are your theories, guys. So check out those ones. Now, <clears throat> back in Sugarland Prison, somehow he smuggled in a twelve string guitar. <laughs> it's a big butthole. <laughs> that is a big butthole. I'm pointing at my card. It says, do you know what a prison wallet is? <laughs> That's a prison purse. Dude. It's prison luggage. Woo! <laughs> you got some, some carriage on you. Uh, <clears throat> so he uh, entertained the guards and fellow inmates playing and singing, and uh, thus Hoodie got high marks for good behavior. So Hoodie builds a little bit of a reputation. So hold on. He, he smuggles his guitar in, but then he uses it with everybody around. Yes. So once it's in, it's like grandfathered <laughs> in. <laughs> I, I don't know. I didn't catch him doing it. I can't even prove he really has it. <laughs> All right, play my favorite song, could you? Thanks. All right. This was here when this, I got here. This is 100 years ago, man. This is here when I got Just here. different. Right. Dude, a 12-string guitar in prison. How many people could you kill? <laughs> 12 strings. Like, well, I think they let. You're garroting people. And I just <laughs> used that just so I could use the word garrot. Garrot. Uh, yeah, so no, I think they let people play musical instruments in, in the jails and whatnots now. It's a good harmonica, which you can fit in your prison wallet. <laughs> the only approved prison musical instrument is a harmonica, a harmonica. as we all know. All right. Movies have taught us or just nothing. Like, just like tap on your belly. Just do the hand bone. The hand bone. You. We're going to get bruised here. Oh, yeah. The, the <laughs> yeah. All right, go ahead. All right, so he's entertaining guards. He's getting a bunch of good behavior. He's building a reputation for himself. The governor comes out to hear him play. The gov, the governor, several times, and he brings friends. Hey, hey come sing, the, come see look, the singing convict. They call look him. what I got. <laughs> right, play boy. The governor keeps coming to hear him play, and Sahuti has an idea. He writes himself a song. Writes himself a song called, Please Pardon Me. Oh, that's good. That's, yeah. Right. 
Would you like to know how Please Pardon Me goes? I would love to know how Please Pardon Me goes. <clears throat> Please, Governor Neff, be good and kind. Have mercy on my great long time. I don't see to save my soul. If I don't get a pardon, try me on parole. If I had you, Governor Neff, like you got me, I'd wake up in the morning, I'd set you free. Oh, wow, that's pretty good. That's like a limerick almost. 1925, Governor Pat Morris Neff, who ran on a pledge to not issue pardons, pardons and releases, hoodie after only seven years. The pardon is a funny thing, because they, you know, our presidents today use pardons regularly. <laughs> I think one's about to. <laughs> yeah, I think they can literally <laughs> can pardon, I pardon themselves. myself. Yeah, pardon I, me. I pardon me. You just did, Mister Nixon. No, the the uh, every no for pardon um, Nixon as a courtesy. Yeah, he did. Well, that's it happens. They get pardoned, and prisoners or uh, so Pence is going to pardon Trump. Oh wow, nope. Edit. No, no, <laughs> I no presidents on their way out, and everyone in our <laughs> lifetime's done it, and they like they clemency people. stuff. Yeah, 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 yeah. and. I think a lot of times they're goodwill gestures and maybe maybe should be pardoned. I don't know. I mean, I it's see. just an odd thing. Like, all right, we've gone through all the steps to make you guilty and done the, you know, of your peers. And we've used laws and lawyers and, and systems. And then all of a sudden, some dude just that got elected, the most popular dude. Yeah. Or not the least popular dude, anyways. No, he's good. <laughs> no, go ahead. Take him out of jail. You can go now, sir. We're good. You're you are free to go. Good. Why? Because that guy said so. He was on TV once. Wow. All right. That's true. I never actually thought about it like that. I don't know. It you just did. feels wrong. <laughs> like some dude. I've... Some dude just is like, nah, you're good. I don't want to say there's some abuse of power possibly that could happen. You're good. But there's already abuse of whatever. So, right. Yeah. Not no, a political I mean, podcast here. He, uh, Pat, Governor Pat Morris, Neff. Well, we'll just call him Governor Neff. Governor Neff. Um. Only after seven years, gives him a pardon, and um, that's he was supposed to get like it said seven to thirty five years for that escape, and then the, the attempted lake suicide thing. Mm-hmm. So he did, I guess. The what seven about the killing his pattern. cousin? That's what he was there for. That, that, that was like a seven to thirty five year sort of for killing him. I believe so. Right. Yeah, so. hundred years ago. Who knows, man? Right. <laughs> uh, it was a crime of passion. Right now, uh, he's. He's free, so we're going to be free, too. We're going to take a break and uh, listen to these fun things that people say. Commercials. I don't want to call them commercials, well, though, because, you know, it's stuff. Our sponsors. Our sponsors. Our, our supporters. Yeah. Let's people listen to this. People that help us do this. Again and again. Again, continuously. Right. For people who are listening to it that really aren't probably paying any money. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. If you want to, though. You've been listening to tales of music superstars, but at the Intrigue Escape Games in Mount Pleasant, Michigan, you live the rock star adventure. 
The Save the Concert Escape Room at Intrigue Escape Games is Michigan's first rock star themed escape room. You and your friends have 60 minutes to be the heroes, live the adventure, and save the concert. Book your game now at IntrigueEscapeGames.com. IntrigueEscapeGames.com. And we're back. No bumper music? No, we heard it before, remember? We we don't hear it. They oh, hear. so it's happening right now? No, it happened already. All right, it's over. We do this a lot. So, Hootie is free. He got out of prison. Or, yeah, got out of prison for writing a song to the governor. <laughs> All right. That's not hey, a bad gig, man. I guess. So like him and the him and the goob were friends. Right. He returns to Mooringsport. Uh, he keeps himself in liquor and women by truck driving by day and uh, playing gigs out at night. So he wasn't able to come out of prison for being as popular as he was and getting a full time like music music career. Wasn't popular yet. No. Okay. No. Just a dude who was. They're like, wow, this guy's good. And he didn't have the following, I guess, amongst people other than. Elected officials and uh, incarcerated. Con- yeah, <laughs> right. Prisoners don't attend concerts very regularly. No, they're not allowed to. So uh, It's like me when I was 10. By this time, Blind Lemon, uh, his records were selling well. Country blues was like peak popularity. That was the hip music of the time. Okay. So, But record scouts didn't really take notice of Lead Belly. Lead Belly? I, gosh, I guess I didn't know he was this old. <laughs> January 15th, 1930? Okay. All right. <laughs> Brian's going, 30? I'm Question like, I want it to be not so old for you. But, I mean, jeez. Well, that's 90 years ago. <laughs> he was born in a different, like, a couple decades ago. A different ago. millennia. A couple millennia. Just, just the one, but well, all no. right. A millennia is a thousand years, buddy. Oh, yeah. Different decade. Re- century. No. Century. 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 A se- couple centuries. Two centuries. <laughs> many, many centuries. January 15th. 20th century, 1930. All right. Hootie gets into a fight, uh, which he claims six men tried to steal whiskey from his lunch pail. Oh, that is a... <laughs> from his lunch pail. Now, it also doesn't say if they yes. did it all at once or if they were one at a time. <laughs> he had to fight them all when like, it, uh, like King of the Hill? <laughs> yeah. Uh, like so, a bad Van Damme movie. Hootie is convicted of assault uh, with intent to commit murder. That's assault, brother. <laughs> You're so excited to play that little drop, aren't you? I was. Did it again. Yeah, okay. That's assault, brother. <laughs> there you go. Uh, yeah, he's convicted of assault with intent to commit murder. He's convicted. Court records, however, show he was convicted of assaulting a white Salvation Army officer with a knife at a, Sar- at a Salvation Army concert after the officer told Hoodie to quit dancing to the music. Sounds like profiling, Brian. It does. And when did the, the Salvation was... Army have... Are they a real army? They're an organized group of individuals. That might be an army to some. Well, I mean, I don't know. Do they get... I Are they... They're, they're are, not sanctioned by our government. Are there generals? I don't know. I bet there are. I bet <laughs> there are. They probably are. And uh, they had concerts? Apparently, they had concerts. Okay. So, no dancing at them, though. Don't be dancing. I get... Concerts. Yeah, no, unless you're marching. Well, that's an army. Whoa. Uh, Hoodie's sentenced to 10 years at Louisiana State Prison in Angola, just known as mm. Angola. Is he um? Is he now sentenced under the same name he was sentenced under before, or did he like try to not get in as much trouble using a different name, a pseudonym, a, an act, a suit, something? After prison officials find out about his priors, 
he's disqualified for any chance of early release. So they Ooh. know who he is. All right, they figured it out. Yeah. So Depression Era, Southern prisons were not fun. Uh, Hootie <laughs> Unlike would, today. <laughs> Hootie would receive beatings for minor offenses. Beatings. And he worked as a prison waiter and a laundry man. Yeah, I, you had to have a job in prison. He also developed a sleeping uh, habit of sleeping with the lights on. I bet he did. So, yeah, I would too. Are you kidding me? I don't think they let you have the lights on. It's lights out. Jeez. Lights out. 1933. They had electricity back then? (laughs) Blow your candle out. That's true. That candle goes out. I want to hear it. 1933, a pair of Harvard-trained experts on American folk music, the Lomaxes, John and Alan, uh, they're out collecting songs for the Library of Congress. Really? So, yeah. I I bet these dudes don't know how to play that (laughs) The Lomaxes. <laughs> Probably not musicians. Um, you know, teachers. Lober- Library of Congress, though. Uh, how would you sum that up for people who aren't from the U.S.? It would be a collection of most of every, all of our knowledge. In like this a collected country. works of America. Yeah, yeah, Ameri- yeah everything. Like the library centric. Put everything in there we can. It's like the internet of the back in the day. Right. Yeah. All right. Uh, Without as much lying. <laughs> uh, maybe, maybe, maybe. I don't know. There were no uh, Wikipedia editors. Who I've, knows? I feel like if you cite the Library of Congress, it has a little bit more gravitas than if you cite Wikipedia. Probably true. <laughs> or Urban Dictionary. <laughs> Probably true. Probably true. <laughs> the Library of Congress. No, they. I think they're they're archival. Yeah, in they're nature. Ar- archival is the good word. Yeah, That's they a good they, word. they try to collect everything. Right. And and have it for prosperity. Right. To, Future generations can see this yeah, like is... like a museum for knowledge. This is what we made. Or, or media. Stuff. stuff. Right. It, it's a place with stuff. <laughs> it's a place with stuff. Go do things. All right. The Lomaxes uh, recorded Hootie a couple times, and they kept bringing better equipment each time. And the Lomaxes loved this guy. Like, it is exactly, like, that's the guy they were looking for, okay. right? So they recorded Please Pardon Me. Uh, didn't work. Didn't work a second time. Right, so. Well, actually, this time he addressed it to Louisiana Governor O.K. Allen was his name. I, I guess he was agreeable. Okay, <laughs> okay. And uh, and they did. They did. Please pardon me. And good night, Irene. Now that's a song I think we've heard of. Oh yeah. Do we have any no. buttons? What, uh, the, those? No, 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 we'll get there. All right. Even though he was disqualified for early release due to his priors, the Lomax has put in a request and. He gets pardoned. <laughs> Again. Again. There you go. I, I feel like the Lomax came in. Hey, excuse me, God. <laughs> harump, harump. Can we uh, get this guy pardoned? Oh, my God. We'll totally get there. That's awesome. That's so awesome. <laughs> well, you said they were from Harvard, so I'm, I'm just thinking. Oh, uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. Ben has a Harvard accent. I love it. He's got to stick your chin way up. Stick your chin out and talk about Harvard. That's awesome. So, uh, yeah, he gets pardoned, man. So, Hootie is uh, released again in 1934. So, he said it was a song, but Louisiana, like the government says, it was like a cost savings measure. So, tomato, tomato. You know, I wish they'd pardon more people on a cost savings measure today. I, it's probably coming, right? No, I, I, I mean, uh, it's big business jail these days. That's true. Yeah. I agree. And I don't think a lot of people that are in the system should be in the system awkward what nothing it's just we're a crime story talking about people in prison Uh, you kill people yeah go to jail okay but there's some little ticky tack bullshit things that we're keeping people locked up for that i'm not willing to pay for as a taxpayer i feel like 
the other like some numbers and computer crimes should be a little more serious because that affects more people a lot of time like the bernie madoff type stuff you know what i, I mean i guess i guess to each their own what they think people should or shouldn't yeah, be in prison for well that's I true just, I, I just feel like we should say okay let's list all the laws four percent of our population should always be in prison let's just keep the laws why so, why, why can I, nobody I like be in prison are, there's like we got to make an example out of that many. <laughs> Ben's dictatorship. So once we hit four percent, once we hit four percent, we can't put any more people in until we take other people out. So now you got to make the decision: what's worse, racketeering or selling drugs or prostitution Whoa. or this, that, or the other? I'm just I'm thinking there are some people in jail right now I don't want to pay for that. It didn't do something in my opinion that bad. I guess. Oh, you had you had a bu- a little like a quarter of an ounce of marijuana. Yeah, that's legal. Well, oh, there are people in jail for marijuana right now. Where it is now? <laughs> they had to do it today. What it the legal. dude? <laughs> Where's that guy's? Yeah, pardon? a bunch of guys. Come on, man, dude. <laughs> if you can't pardon me, at least bring me some marijuana. I see. The marijuanas. Bring the marijuana. All right. Well, all right. All right. All right, so, so he's getting pardoned again. Damn it. What? <clears throat> I keep saying, all right, so. Uh, whenever you hear, all right, so, that's Ben, shut up. Take a drink. <laughs> 1934. Jobs are scarce, especially for an ex-con. But the Lomaxes hire uh, Leadbelly as a recording assistant, quote, unquote, and they take him to New York City. New York City? New York City. It's where I get my salsa. He also starts touring like East Coast colleges and universities. So, as you said, they, uh, look at our smoking black man. So he now will be playing a sambalus for you. The twelve-string guitar. Uh, we'll show you what not to let your children listen to. <laughs> okay. Oh, wait, no. <laughs> wow. So, no, you're right though. Uh, Lead Belly was. I just have hoodie. I'm gonna go back to hoodie. Hoodie. Uh, he he's got he scares people like he's got this huge size he's got this big huge scar down his face and his neck he's a black dude right it's, right okay in 1934 <laughs> so there ah <laughs> that's a black guy right he's ah! got 12 string guitar he's, he he causes a scene dude i mean yeah yeah big big scarred up black dude with right. a monster guitar wearing a scarf or wearing a bandana and like singing the singing folk. the devil's music singing the devil's music so oh that was rock which is a derivative of the blues. Lomax, Allen, Lomax, comma, Allen, uh, negotiated a contract with Macmillan Publishing to write a book about folk songs, folk songs, that would include Hootie's life story and history of his songs. Okay. So uh, Hootie moves into a house in Connecticut. So he's not really still that mainstream. No. No. Not as of yet. They're, they're, they're just looking for a little piece of americana to write about because uh, right the blues was still i mean it was it was then there oh blind lemon's killing it bro yeah like, he's killing the blues but folk music now remember the hoodie is a folk guy so he's not a blues guy. we'll get there we'll get, well, we'll he get had there blues. in a minute okay okay so hoodie moves into this house in connecticut it's owned by some socialites uh and he needed to get away from like new york city publicity seekers to work on a book right so their people were kind of after him but he didn't like that stuff, so he's like, I'm, I'm not staying in the limelight. And so, so he went goes, to Connecticut. Right, and he's working on the book with Lomax, okay. comma, comma, Allen. And uh, 1935, he marries Martha Promise. What happened to his old lady? I told you, he left Elfie when he went on the run as Walter Boyd. Oh, he just left her. <laughs> he's getting done. <laughs> all right. He, he had all those chicks. Remember, he was like banging 15, <laughs> 20 chicks a night. <laughs> left his, like, left right. The, 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 were they, they were married. They were married. 
just never got a di- just nah. I'm Walter Boyd. It wasn't me. <laughs> so. I have an endless supply of names. <laughs> I can do this all day. I'm Boyd Walter now. I, you'll never find me. <laughs> no, this is we don't have the internet's now. 1935 Mary's Market Promise. Uh, Hoodie begins recording for the American Record Company (ARC), and they insist he sing blues. Uh, instead of the folk music, he was better at. That's what it was selling. That's it what was selling. It wasn't a big jump, I bet right? you, though. Well, all right. 1936, Hootie publishes 48 songs. <clears throat> most all of them are most all of them are about depression era conditions of blacks. That's and uh, right, what you know, blues wasn't his thing, so the songs weren't very popular. Okay. Uh, reports state Hootie threatened Lomax with a knife, and uh, their friendship ended after that. Really? Here's the deal. Lomax was in charge of Hoodie's finances. And when he brought him to New York, he's like, oh, you're going back to that thing where you like drinking and fighting, so I'm going to keep you on a tight budget. And Hoodie didn't like that. So one day, he's like, dude, these guys out here are telling me that they get this much money, and Where's you're like telling me I get this much yeah. money. And he kept, you know, he's putting into an account for him. He wasn't screwing him. I can see both sides. So eh, I can see both sides. I mean, go. I'm an adult. Give me what. Give but, me my money. But sometimes you have to protect maybe what this guy thought was his investment that's possible too you know like hey i want you to do better it reads like he's trying to help this ex-con Listen, like reintegrate in yeah society. and we all know those people if i give you a million dollars you'll kill yourself you people did you just say that then no we all know people what do you mean you people <laughs> that's your no i don't say you people that's your your no if you <laughs> you have i have i know people that if they got the lottery given to them, whatever. Oh, dude. Classic story. One year, gone. Yeah. Burn through the money and be dead. Some Australian mil- millionaire ate McDonald's cheeseburgers every day, wasted his money. Gone. Tons All right. I don't think he was going to eat cheeseburgers. That's Maybe a different, he's gonna eat cheeseburgers. It's a different podcast. No, there was no cheese back then. Right no refrigerated now. cheese. We talked about Louisiana, now cheeseburgers. Ugh. Do they have cheeseburgers in Louisiana? Well, they have McDonald's in Louisiana. Well, let us know at Crime and Music. They have Boys. <laughs> so bye. You know what? A, it's, it's like a shrimp little sandwich. It's pretty I good. I don't like shrimp, man. It's oh, are you my kidding thing. me? Yeah, I don't. We can't be I'm friends sorry. anymore. Wow. All right. All right. Well, all right. We're out. Good luck. Well, all right. That ended their friendship. This ends our friendship. <laughs> I'm glad it wasn't a knife, but not, a, a shrimp and fork. <laughs> we can't. We can't get over the shrimp. It's not passable. It's a my, issue. Here, let's move on. March fifth, nineteen thirty-nine. Uh, with little commercial success, Hoodie's struggling financially. Right. And so, what do you do? You turn to porn. No. (laughs) No, I'm kidding. (laughs) Uh, He's arrested for assaulting a man with a knife. This guy. This guy. That's assault, brother. That's the last time I'll do that. I just, I gotta. (laughs) This guy and his knife, his knife thing. He reportedly stabbed the guy 16 times. Wow. Really? That's definitely assault. All right. So, he gets convicted of third degree assault. (gasps) (laughs) That's what it's. He, gets, he is in jail again. He gets less than a year in prison. And really? uh, during the trial, he makes some recordings for Musicraft, which is just a small music company. I guess if you're this guy, you're like, I'm Teflon. Pretty much. I can do whatever I want, <laughs> make some music, and I'll get some dumbass governor. To right, let my some ass governor. I can two whatever. out of two, man. Yeah. I'm, I'm 100%. Okay. I'm no, bad I don't know any different. This is, the, this, is my, this is my MO. So 51-year-old Hoodie is serving his uh, fourth prison sentence. Oh, he's, he old, he's kind of older then. Well, for his fifth knife fight, if you're keeping count. <laughs> That's uh, about a decade. Yeah. 1940, after serving eight months, Hoodie is released. From 
again. Jail. Yeah. Again. Uh-huh. Yeah, right. When I point at you, you say again. That's again. Right. Sorry. Uh, now, folk music was the thing in New York City. So in, he, the, in the what year? 1940. 40s. He totally hit, dude. Like, he's playing twice a week at the Apollo. He's doing interviews for people. They're doing. They're recording him for, like, Time newsreels and stuff like that. He's out there jamming with Woody Guthrie and Pete Seeger. Like, these are big folk guys yeah. back in the day. So, so, so he just it, it it he it he never really changed. They just <laughs> no, they just caught it. They like, hey, you're cool now. I you know I feel I feel I know I know exactly how that feels. I collect the facts and you lay them out because no. I didn't really put that together. I guess he is the same, right? Yeah, I mean, he's he still never doing changed. The same thing, right? I didn't really. So all right, 1942. Um, he gets a couple of recordings that. He gave to the Library of Congress, and if all reading comprehension and Mrs. Cushman taught me correctly in first grade, I read properly, I can play you two things called Mr. President recordings. He wrote these pres- uh, recordings for President Jeez. Truman. Truman dropped the bomb. He, what, what year? 1942. Yeah, I guess it was around, was around Truman. So what they labeled him as. Who was al- before Truman? Was it Eisenhower? Eisenhower? So we're probably here. We're we probably go. Wrong, freaking millennia. Oh, most certainly. Now, my name is Judy Ledbetter, better known as Ledbetter, Bowen, and, and Louisiana. And I'm talking directly to the high authority of the whole United States, who's been trying to get Gillen them to hesitate. And I'm going to sing this song to the honorable, good, kind President Roosevelt. Oh, Roosevelt. Okay, that's our president. I was singing this all last night. I should have remembered. That sounds like Hank. We'll get there. Senior. Yeah? Yeah. President Roosevelt Doing all he can Trying to get them Japanese I guess he didn't have a metronome. <laughs> One, two. Yeah, it's the What's that about? It's about the war. Oh, all right. Mighty fine, trying to get these Japanese get this stuff off their mind about this war. It's about this war. That's not our fuzz. No, that's, that's their fuzz. That's, 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 that's legit. No Keeps going faster like, like a train, man. <laughs> would stick together about this What's it about? But just to reaffirm, what is the wall? The wool. The wool? Is he saying wool? He might be cold. He had the right mind. When he began to sound, 
This guy can write songs that get him out of jail. Like there's a couple he might have ended, he might have ended the war. I mean, I'm just saying. I think he needs a band. Like, he needs a percussion instrument to keep him in time. Give me a washboard. Maybe want to be out of time. Well, time wasn't really the thing. Do you yeah. not want to finish this? No, 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 no. We can, we can talk over it. That's fine. Um, no, I don't. I. This is Lead Belly. I, this is Lead Belly, man. I, I thought I would hear some stuff I'd recognize. Well, I got I got another one here lined up for you, which yeah. you also have not heard. <laughs> which, <laughs> so. which nobody's ever. I, I've heard of Lead Belly, but I. No, I yeah, no. It's he's he's old. It's true, and it's interesting. Um, we'll get there. But there's a lot of musicians who cite him as influence, and uh, he, he has he has 500 songs in his catalog. I feel like he's making this up as we go. He has 500 songs cataloged in his brain. They said like that was a big reputation for him. Like ask oh, him to could, play any one of the 500 songs that he plays. That he plays. Yeah, okay, when you say it out loud, it's like, how would I know if you're wrong? <laughs> They're your songs. I don't... Did he use both chords for all 500 songs? <laughs> I guess, yeah, probably. Not power chords, though. That wasn't for, that was for Keith Moon and the Who. All right. Yay! Yay. Woo! That's, that's what we got there for uh, Library of Congress. Thank you so much. Mr. President Recordings, 1942, Lead Belly. Yeah, about the war and... Who do you let better? And uh, Roosevelt. And he wanted him to end. I, I think I felt like he wanted him to end the it war. Sounded like end the war like, to me. But I kind of felt like he said, "Make Japanese understand." <laughs> he did kind of put that in there. But I don't think Roosevelt ended the war. No, I don't believe he did. No. So, so maybe the next president listened to him. Well, Was let's see. There is a B side to this particular scratchy ass old record. It's entitled. Eisenhower and this war? <laughs> Mr. Hitler. Now, this here is about Mr. Hitler. Mr. Hitler's been a tough man. He's been a tough, tough man. People asked me to make a song about Mr. Hitler about three years ago, but I didn't. Mr. Hitler's understood this stuff, I think, long enough. Now, this is a song about Mr. Hitler. Much different than the war song. Just him on the guitar. Very good progression. Just a very simple progression. That he made. It started out in 1932. Yes, he started out in 1932. I mean, this is kind of bluesy. When you can call it 2000. Taking him home from the dew. This is the blues. Now, if they didn't want to play the they did, they wanted blues from this blues. Did you, wrong. you hear that twelve string though? Like it's very full. They say he would play the bass with his thumb, like a thumb pick, and play the bass strings the top for the bass strings, and then like plink pick and strum the the, the higher strings. We're gonna tear it down. We're gonna tear it down. It's like thrash. Yeah. Brian's now holding his hand up in the air and just like waving it up like headbanging baby. They're gonna bring him to the ground. Bring him to the ground. They're gonna bring him to the ground. They're gonna bring him to the ground someday. He said of God transition. heaven. It's good, man. It's like a breakdown. And the bridge. That's how that's how Zeppelin does it, man. It's true. 
It's all recycled bullshit, isn't it? Only 12 notes a man can play, my man. Western music. Tear your playhouse down. He's talking to Hitler there, directly. You think Hitler listened to this? He might have. No, no, he wouldn't have respected his particular perspective, if you know what I'm saying. He wouldn't listen to the black dude? He wouldn't have listened to the black dude. No, Hitler would not have. Didn't they have the Olympics in Germany that one year and he wouldn't let the black people play or something? Or the black people didn't play? He didn't watch, I don't think. That was like Jesse Owens won. Oh, yeah. And beat all of Beat them all by a fair margin. That's where the uh, Nike company came from. They made shoes. Yeah. It's like two songs. They're longer songs, aren't they? No, I mean, they have like two... Two different songs. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Put together. Like, this is one. And then he speeds up, and that's the other one. And he goes back to this one. There's a Neil Young song like that that I hate. We played it for years. not really narrowing it down. No, we played it for years. And, uh... Free World? No, I don't remember, man, but... But the American people say he's the biggest old liar you ever see. We're gonna tear you to the town. We're gonna tear you to the town. We're gonna tear you to the town someday. He's patriotic. Yeah, no, very much so. Yeah, he's down for the struggle. We're gonna bring him to the ground. War is bad. War, yeah, war is bad. It is a law, he nothing but an agitator. Still going. <laughs> Alright. Hitler is nothing but an agitator. And he put them jobs out. They ain't nothing but a syndicator. Don't be eating the brown. <laughs> Lead belly, everybody. Woo! Right. I, that, I, I, I guess I didn't know him at all. <laughs> I guess I didn't know Lead Belly. You did? I'd heard the name. I think my dad might have some albums. Oh, I bet. Like some old really vinyl that, right. of him. We'll get there. We're almost there. Oh, <laughs> We're almost <laughs> we better there. almost be there. Yeah. That's a thin stack of cards you got left, Brian. 1944, uh, hoodie heads west. To Hollywood to be in the pictures. Okay. No dice. Not. Nah. He does not. Uh, Scour doesn't probably. do okay with the, the you know. Uh, he does good playing the club scenes though, right? Back in the in the nightclubs and so. So he does a good job there doing that. In 1946, he returns to New York City. Enough of the West Coast. You guys suck. No offense. Uh, that's what Hootie said, not me. And a book called <laughs> A Tribute of Hootie Ledbetter, published uh, in England. He made some money off of that. So the English are now like really big fans of Hootie. And so he goes touring in 1949 while touring in France. Hoodie is diagnosed with amyotrophic lateral sclerosis, ALS, uh, as we know it, uh, Lou Gehrig's Lou Gehrig's, disease. yeah. Yeah. Oh. yeah. He, he, and that knee. <laughs> oh, what do you 
do you want to call him? Let's name him after a disease. No, that's not how it works. But go ahead. Yeah, Lou Gehrig's disease. All right. This is my Lou Gehrig's disease story. And uh, I'm going to set the cards down because this actually happened to me. I was meeting my in-laws for the first time at a Thanksgiving dinner. And my wife and I go and just everybody's, they obviously their family on the outside. Everybody's loud and talking and stuff like that. And uh, somehow the topic came up of, like, should have seen that coming, right? Like, the topics of, oh, you should have seen that coming, right? And I was like, ha, like Lou Gehrig, right? Like, should have seen that coming. Which is an old comedy bit from what comic? I thought it was Seinfeld, where I stole it from. Like Probably, yeah. Right? Yeah. And my mother-in-law now, she's now my mother-in-law, she just goes, oh, he doesn't know it, does he? So apparently, uh, Grandma had recently passed away of, of ALS. ALS, and nobody told the boyfriend, and so that really brought a screaming halt to the fun festivities of Thanksgiving. Foot yeah, directly into mouth. Like, yeah, nice, Brian. Like, who'd you bring? Who'd you bring dinner here, honey? Thanks. So that was fun. Anyway, making fun of my dead mother. Uh, he dies six months later in New York City on December 6, nineteen forty-nine, at sixty-one. Oh, he got back to the States then. Yeah, yeah. Hey, that was pretty quick, though. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah, yeah. 49, uh, what, what did I say? Yeah, December, okay. Anyway, he's 61. Uh, he's buried at Shiloh Baptist Church Graveyard, Mooringsport, Louisiana. So he went back oh, home. Oh, got back home. All right. And uh, as you've been asking this whole time, why is he relevant besides <laughs> the obvious, right? <laughs> like, I celebrate his entire catalog. Yeah, uh, I don't... So, uh, songs, Midnight Special, Goodnight Irene, Rock Island Line, Cotton Fields, those are all inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, class of 1988. And, uh... Did he have some people you think, like, redo some of his stuff? Yeah. Okay. All right. Brian's holding up the last card. <laughs> we'll He's, get like, there. shut the F up and just listen now, for a minute. <laughs> people covering Hoodie, The Animals, House of the Rising Sun, CCR, Midnight Special, and Cotton Fields, Nirvana, Where Did You Sleep Last Night? Remember that on Oh, the yeah. Oh, did you sleep? Yeah, I just heard that the other day on my iPod. Right. My ABBA. IPod. ABBA? Pick a bale of cotton and midnight special. The Rolling Stones. The Bourgeoisie Blues, which is really when the whip when the whip comes down. They just sort of stole the melody and changed the words. And then Leb Ze- Led Zeppelin. Gallus Pole is what Hootie called it, and they turned it into Gallus Pole. Yeah. And then Van Morrison did cover a Goodnight Irene. Johnny Cash, Grateful Dead, The Beach Boys, Tom Waits, Rod Stewart, The White Stripes. No shit. All covered Lead Belly songs. Well, he, I guess he laid a lot of ground with those 500 songs. <laughs> I mean, that's dude, right? That's and the you're, like you said, there's only so, so many notes you can play. Right. In so many orders of so many notes. He just happened to nail them all before anybody else. <laughs> and put them in the like, library like, Right, in the Library of Congress, cooked them, and so now they're on yeah, record. I did this. So. It's like taking every domain name <laughs> possible. <laughs> McDonald.com. <laughs> yeah, man. So that's Try big boobs with a Z. <laughs> big boobs, S, big boobs, Z. Dot net, dot com, dot biz, dot gov, dot org. Uh, he, I mean, that's the guy, man, right? Like, you heard of him. Now you know a little more about him. Yeah. He, <laughs> you got me, though. He never changed. I never saw that. Like, usually I see a progression in these people. Like, oh, okay, they're starting to learn. They're not fucking up as much. But this guy I don't kept think getting he... in fights and brawls and but he was only the moonshine. For and... his lifetime. And maybe not even his peak popularity. Maybe he was dead, or at least it was at the very end of oh, his. Oh, he's his most popular. He was definitely passed away. Yeah, it was like the '90s or whatever. 2000s. So you never got any of that pre Madonna bullshit out of this guy. Not really. He never. He was grungy street. He did musician. what he did for so. no other reason. He tried to make money at it, but 
other than just the last few years of his life, maybe a little bit. Timing, man. I mean, you know. I bet he didn't die rich. No, he died penniless, it said. Yeah. So, so he was doing what he was doing not for fame and or fortune. At least he didn't get fame or he fortune. Didn't, I mean, he didn't know anything else, right? He stopped going to school and just started playing on the streets. So. Yeah. It, he's like he's like a lot of our, our, our most famous artists of our yeah you know like An artiste life no i guess picasso was famous before he died but like barely ram rembrandt and Van, they weren't no he was 100 he, years later man everybody's talking about you yeah you don't isn't that what your you, shit don't sell till you're dead isn't that what you want like isn't that the goal i'd like to enjoy some f- fame and fortune f- a little bit before i die no. i mean if i'm gonna get it we ain't gonna get it no nah. but still uh you know this is now in the annals of history yeah, anals. <laughs> if we can get into the Library of Congress, that'd be great. So since we said Library of Congress, that's our cue to get the hell out of here. So, woo, and I said so like five million times. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I, I, I had I enjoyed this one. I did. I guess I, I thought I'd know something about this guy. I didn't know jack squat. <laughs> I don't know anything. <laughs> it's Nothing. so long ago. Nothing. That's what you kept saying. Nothing. I, I heard, it. I heard so the name. Ago. I'm like, oh, I got to know something about this guy. Nope. Lead Belly. Didn't know nothing. All right, Well, cool. if you want to learn more about Lead Belly, go to librarycongress.gov and type in Lead Belly. It'll take you to him, Blind Lemon Jefferson, and all the rest of the guys in the 1800 turn of the century 200 years ago. Well, not 200 years ago. And you hear some scratchy music with the ticks and the pops. Two centuries ago. You're right. You well, got me on that. In over two centuries. Hey, but man. We're at the beginning of one, they're at the end of the other. We're so it's like 20 years deep almost. It's 2019. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. Where's my jetpack? If you want jetpacks and more, hit us up on all the Instagrams and Facebooks and Twitters and all that stuff. The social media nerds know what to do. Uh, send us an email uh, like people, good people in North Dakota. Carol, what's up? What's up, Carol? Uh, Woo! Crimeandmusic at gmail.com. Man. I got nothing else for you. We we need Alaska and Hawaii at this point. Well, we, we got. This is fine. We're still good, but we need Alaska and Hawaii, and and boy, what do we do? Uh, well, we'll just keep plugging along, baby. We're gonna have to go to vacation there and just listen to it there, and then we'll get the download credit from <laughs> Alaska more, and Hawaii. More people uh, on the on the on the fundraising. Thing there. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Uh, Catch us every other week. We'll be here for you with a new true crime and a new musical mayhem story. Like the song says, never trust a big butt and a smile. Hey, Brian, what's in that? It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. 
Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any fantasy points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that fantasy points has to offer. That's fantasypoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. Fantasypoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more fantasy points.